Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Monsters podcast for another week. Joe Gaither, Chris Krogman, and Lucas Berry for another episode of Chicago Bears Talk. We got into it with a guest uh, with, who joined us from the Carolina, Carolina Panthers, Desmond Johnson from Believe in Monster or Believe in Panthers podcast. <laughs> Join us in the episode. You'll be able to hear that uh, when the episode is produced. Uh, we tonight are going to have you know fun discussion. Hopefully so. Uh, Lucas Berry and Chris Krogman are going to fight on the show about something. What I don't know what I'm going to go them into something though. Uh, but we'll, 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 we'll figure something out later in the show. Um, but but, but, for, but tonight, we're also going to talk about Hard Knocks. We skipped that last week because of, of time. Big thanks to Raul Bennington joining us last week. If you miss Raul on the show, you need to uh, check that out, check out last week's episode. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Lucas, uh, how's, how's the evening going? Thanks so much for setting up our friend. It was a little last minute. We were trying to, uh, to get some new guests on to see what other teams are thinking. And, uh, you know, we, we had Stephen Burton on before from the Colts. So today we had uh, Desmond here to talk about the Panthers. Um, and you can hear our interview later in the show. Um, but Desmond will give you his thoughts on what the Panthers will do with their pick and if they are a candidate to move up to one. Um, stay tuned for that. Otherwise, I'm doing well. We had a interesting weekend of football. Um, the NFC game was a massive disappointment. I really wanted to see a, a game of the year type game, but uh, the 49ers going on QB five, that was not going to happen. And then the, uh, the, the chiefs and Bengals was, it was pretty solid with some controversy. Um, but now our stu- super bowl is set and I'm excited for that. Chris, how you doing, man? Lucas, I am doing all right. A little under the weather, but uh, that's all right. We uh, would play through pain here on the Believe in Monsters podcast. Uh, you like my homes. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, bum ankle, bum voice, bum chest, whatever. <clears throat> We're here to perform. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm hearing a lot or I'm seeing a lot of complaints about the referees in the AFC championship game. And, you know, not being a fan of either team, I n- didn't really see it, which is just fascinating to me because, like, whenever you're rigged, yeah, whenever you're in it, uh, either, you know, as a fan or monetarily, you are very much uh, hypersensitive to any referee's calls, you know, whether they go for you or against you. Um, it's actually funny Joe said that because on the sideline there was a there was like uh you just saw Zach Taylor on point after one of the flags. He just said the words, it's rigged. <laughs> That's trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he's just like it's rigged. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's incredible. The, it's not like the Bengals had like three possessions when it was still twenty to twenty before well, the well, Chiefs. Or Burrow Burrow through two horrible turnovers too. Right, right, right. So I mean, Burrow and his and his team had chances to to take the lead, and you know you can argue whether some penalties went against them, this, that, and the other, and penalties went for the Chiefs on the on some some possessions. But you know it comes down to making plays, and and at the end of the day, 
Mahomes and Kelsey, them cheat codes. Can we get one of those? What, I, I, I thought we were supposed to have one of those. Didn't you promise me one of those, Chris Krogman? A cheat code? Uh, no, a, a Travis Kelsey. No, I gave you Kyle. I'll give you Kyle Rudolph. What, what about Cole Komet? I told you he's Kyle Rudolph, man. And he uh, gave you exactly, he gave you exactly what we said he would. You're right. So uh, I can't be I can't be too disappointed. Uh, <clears throat> the NFC Championship game. I didn't think uh, even you know with Brock Purdy, uh, it was gonna it was gonna get done for San Francisco. The Eagles just look destined this season. Fly Eagles fly. And. Which, you know, do you think, do you guys think if Trey Lance had played this entire season with the Niners, that they would have been in a better spot to win this? I mean, they would have been in a better spot to win this game, but um, I guess which quarterback that did get hurt throughout the year probably gave the Niners the best chance between Lance or Jimmy G or Jimmy G. Yeah. I think if they had Jimmy G, they that game's really close. That's probably game of the year if they have Jimmy G. I agree. Yeah. I mean that that game got out of hand quick on that first drive when the Eagles went for it on fourth and three and the catch that wasn't a catch and he didn't challenge. Like the Niners would have took over at the thirty five there. Right. The Eagles thirty five. I mean that changed the complete outcome of the game immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how far away are our Chicago Bears from being in that game? Well, we beat the Niners. We beat one of the teams in there. <laughs> You're right. And You're and right. and we probably played the Eagles closer than anyone besides Washington has all year. So twenty-five twenty in a loss. You're right. <laughs> You're right. So can we take some moral victories? We almost were. <laughs> we were almost in that NFC Championship it's, game. It's actually fun. I mean, watching those games, I'm sure you guys can attest, is just like the Bears are nowhere even close to these teams. Of course. Like, skill level, like in the trenches. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, they need new everything. Well, that's the thing. The Eagles, I mean, yes, you look at their skill positions and, and you see Jalen Hurts, MVP season, yeah, and you see the wide receivers, but their offensive line like, is, is, is incredible. And their offensive line is getting pushed on every single running play. And, and, and you know, yes, you know, I mean, they've got to maneuver to protect Jalen Hurts from time to time, but like their offensive line is so strong. And we flip it on the other side of the ball, their defensive line is rolling guys off the sidelines. There's just like, oh, he's good. Oh, he's a player. Oh, he's good. You know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Riddick, like all these, all these players, just players on players on players makes that front seven go. And you think about the Bears front seven and you're like, oh, a team, you know, a, te- a team's running the football at us and they're getting five yards a pop because our front seven sucks ass. Uh, so just <laughs> and, and you think about our offensive line, it's just like, oh, we're begging them to, to, to not get Justin Fields killed. You're, are you saying Armani Watts is not Fletcher Cox worthy? Um, no, oh, no, I, I, he was not. That's exactly what I'm saying. That. I don't know about that. The the Super Bowl is is the two top teams in sacks this year. So, and and the Eagles have about 20 more than the Chiefs, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah, they almost broke the sack record. The Bears don't have that, do they? I don't think so. The record's like 70, I think. 
thought it was like 74. I could have swore the Bears possibly had it. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I guess the the uh, another takeaway from this weekend is that the Bears' new brain trust were both poached from these two teams. So, I mean, maybe that's something to look forward to. You got Ryan Poles from the Chiefs. The single sack record that still stands today is 72 by the Chicago Bears. I knew it. In the 1984 season. I knew it. The Eagles had 70 this season. And they played an extra game, them damn cheaters. Anyway, the Bears have Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham, both of which were poached from teams playing in the, the Super Bowl. So maybe that's something we can look forward to while other teams are having fun in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to have do, fun watching the Super Bowl. Do either of you have a preference for who, for who's going to win? <clears throat> From a Bears shouldn't perspective? Even ask, shouldn't even ask me that. Yeah, well, Luke has family ties to Philly, and so you're probably pulling against the Eagles for that, for that reason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes perfect sense. But uh, Krugman, do you have any any reason to cheer for one team over the other? Uh, no. I, I just want a good reason. game, mostly. Yeah, we should get a good game. I, I think you will. Uh, this game's interesting. I think the Eagles on paper are much better than the Chiefs, but Mahomes is just absurd, and Andy Reid is just absurd. So I think that equalizes a lot of what the Eagles do better. Do you already play the two and a half for the Eagles? Hmm. I think it's interesting, <laughs> like the dynamic of weapons versus quarterback now, because Hertz has a lot more weapons than Mahomes does. And Mahomes oh, yeah. is a better quarterback and basically just has one, one massive weapon and a bunch of, <laughs> I'll tell you, Jarek McKinnon is, is terrible. That guy's not a good football player. <laughs> but I, like when Pacheco had to go out, I think after his long run where he looked like he might have got a concussion and McKinnon was the back, it was it was ugly. And Kadarius Tony well, is so electric, but he's like glass. Now now that you say that, Chris, he's gonna be the Super Bowl MVP. Jared McKinney's gonna turn no, it into Williams. They're not gonna they're not gonna give it to anybody other than Mahomes <laughs> or Kelsey. No matter what it is, because because you know you remember it should have been to uh, Damian Williams, but they didn't give it to him. So did you did you guys hear the most recent uh, Mahomes news? I'm sure we're sick of hearing about this by now. Obviously the uh, the Bears took Trubisky over Mahomes, but they did. I don't Mahomes, buy this. I don't Mahomes' buy this. dad supposedly went on the radio and said that the Bears had told Patrick Mahomes or strong and or strongly implied that they were going to draft him. And Mahomes was stoked to be a bear and be the first quarterback drafted, only to have his heart broken, being picked by the Chiefs at ten, not being Ooh. the first quarterback drafted. And then apparently, this is the what fueled, told him this. I don't buy it. This is what, this, this is what fueled the spite of his hand counting at Soldier Field. I don't buy it. You said fueled the what? Remember when he counted to ten on his fingers uh, at Soldier yeah. Field? Apparently, his dad said that he's not. A spiteful person but he 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 did, didn't like how that one felt supposedly I, I don't know why his dad would make this up that's ridiculous well can, what, it's been six years or some some ridiculous yeah why yep. why now like why is it coming out now like shouldn't this story have 
dropped like forever ago. Was this the first time he had played in Soldier Field? I mean, I know they. Had I don't know why they had there. him. On, I don't know why they had him on the radio. I have no idea. Well, shoot! If Patrick Mahomes' dad calls, you put him on the air. That's why. Former. Was he a former New York Met? Doesn't doesn't matter if he calls any station. I'm putting him Chris, on. My, I'm putting him on my air. Yeah, isn't that the jersey that Mahomes wears? <clears throat> I believe so. Do you remember him ever playing for the Mets, Chris? No. Meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. Well, I thought he was. Uh, Kansas City Royal, wasn't he? I thought he was a twin. <laughs> he probably played for a lot of teams then. Yeah, he played for the Mets, the Rangers, the Cubs, the Pirates. Yeah, the that's, Red why Sox. That, that's why he wears that 23 Mets jersey. His dad was 23 on the Mets. And he also played for the Yokohama Bay Stars. Oh, oh I remember them. Yeah, that's right. World Series champions. <laughs> 1978. Who could forget? Well, anyway, enough about Mahomes' talk. Uh, it's it's time now for for us to go out and uh, welcome in our guest. This week, we're joined by Desmond Johnson of uh, Believe in Panthers. The Panthers have the number nine overall pick. Desmond Johnson can be found on Twitter at Des underscore 3505. And he is the owner of TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. We're very, very blessed to have him join us tonight to talk about the Panthers and their, and their plan going forward. They just hired a new coach, so they have a direction that they are going uh, forward with. We've got tons of Panther questions, so without further ado, we welcome in Desmond Johnson. Desmond, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. How are y'all guys doing? You doing all right? Everybody feeling good? Beginning of the week? Good stuff? Get in there. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know how it is. <laughs> well, Luke, you set up the interview tonight, so why don't you lead off our questions, talk about uh, the, the Carolina Panthers and kind of what they're going to do and how it ties in to our Chicago Bears. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, so I guess our first question, we got to start off with the head coach. I mean, the Panthers just got rid of Matt Rule, and, and we were joking before this, you know, you had plenty of content taking, uh, you know, Matt Rule quotes or, or whatever he was doing that week and give you plenty of content to pump out there. But now uh, the, the uh, you guys are moving on and you hired Frank Reich um, as your head coach. Um, take me through that process. I mean, what do you think of Frank being your head coach? And do you think they gave uh, Steve Wilkes kind of a fair shake there? Or do you think he was an afterthought in that process? I, I personally think they did. Um, now, I have to preface this with myself and uh, Skylar Callahan, Jonathan Stewart, my co-host on the Believe in Panthers podcast. Ever since Matt Rule was fired and Steve Wilkes became the interim head coach, and we started seeing results, we started seeing the team respond to him, we were adamantly in Steve Wilkes' corner. Like, I, I got to start off there. Like, we we wanted Steve Wilkes to get this job. Uh, we were very disappointed when he didn't. Having said that, having a weekend to kind of mull it over and kind of sit on it now and kind of, you know, see some things. Kristen Balboni did an interview with uh, Frank Wright for about five, six minutes that was really eye-opening. Uh, for those that don't know, Frank Wright, all the things that we wanted – from Steve Wilkes, the, the boxes he checked off that we liked that Matt Rule didn't check off. Now, if you sit down and really let your mind go to it, Frank Wright checks all those boxes and then some. So a lot of the things we wanted with Steve or that we got with Steve was the fact that he had a connection to the, the team. He had a connection to the community. He grew up in Charlotte, went to school in Charlotte, went to App State, 
uh, coached under Ron Rivera. So like he was kind of part of the, the, the fabric of the team. Frank Wright was the first quarterback in Panthers history. He threw the first touchdown pass in Panthers history. Um, he, I mean, he, he's lived in Charlotte for almost 20 years. All of his family lives in the state. To me, l- watching the Kristen Balboni interview that he did, that the Panthers put out uh, the day after he was hired or announced to be hired, it showed me that not only was he a good fit for this in terms of his background and everything else, but more importantly, he wants to be here. It's not just a check. You know, it's not just like, oh, the Panthers have an opening. I'm trying to be a head coach. I'm going to come in here for a couple of years, and then I'll, I'll, you know, do something else. No, this was this was kind of his dream job, listening to some of his sound bites and some of the comments that are coming out now. And uh, I did see, I think it was Will Kunkel and uh, Charlotte that reported that I think about 15 Panther players uh, went to the front office to express support for Frank Wright uh, and him taking over. So there's no mutiny or civil war or anything like that going on there's no nwo black and white versus nwo wolf pack <laughs> about to happen in the locker room they're all together uh they understand what frank wright represents and uh i think it's i think it's a great hire to be honest if steve Wilkes didn't exist people would say the panthers stole this that people they, they stole this coach and hire yeah it's a perfect fit like a hand to a glove so i'm excited yeah it's an interesting hire i didn't realize all that kind of backstory in, in Carolina ties that that Reich has uh you know it was a really quick hire to me it almost reminded me of like when you know John Fox got let go in Denver and then the Bears kind of turned around and hired him for the experience at least that was surface level what it seemed like I mean I'm not comparing the two hires because they, they do sound very different um as far as you know what Reich has said so far in the in the Balboni inter- interview or or other press conferences or whatever has he kind of pitched a plan already for what his vision of carolina football looks like next year and in years ahead and potentially what is he going to do at the quarterback spot um apparently he has because one of the things that pushed him into the lead uh it, apparently it came down to him steve wilkes and uh uh what's the my mind went blank the uh uh, Kellen Moore, the dude from, uh, well, the Cowboys just let him go uh, today. I think actually San Diego is signing him. So um, it came down to those three, and it sounds like Kellen Moore and Frank Wright were the, the top two. Uh, owner David Tepper, he hadn't lied to the fan base. He told us back when he fired uh, Matt Rule to our faces that he wanted an offensive-minded coach. So when I see fans going nuts, they he didn't give Wilkes a chance or all these other things. Uh, as much as I would have loved Wilkes to have been here, he went six and six and didn't win the division and we didn't get a playoff game. I think that Tampa game actually kind of sealed his fate, to be honest. Like when we lost that and didn't win the division, he was going to almost have to win the division to really, you know, get into that position. And I think that's when I kind of came to terms with it myself. Um, in terms of Frank and his idea, you can kind of look at the other places he's been. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for the 2017 Eagles that won the Super Bowl. Uh, I've been joking. He is directly responsible for Carson Wentz getting a hundred million dollar contract because Wentz only plays well when, <laughs> when he's with Frank Wright, uh, that year he started 11 and two, he was actually leading the MVP conversation that year before he got hurt. And that was through Frank Wright kind of gotten him along. Uh, when they traded him over to Indy, he actually played really well, uh, the year that he was with Frank. Uh, so, I mean, you're going to see similar offense to that. It's going to be a lot more uh passing opportunity he needs a he needs a quarterback though like i don't think he's gonna go after an old quarterback well i shouldn't say old a veteran quarterback um like a you're gonna see will the panthers trade for aaron Rodgers and that kind of nonsense pop up 
they're not going to do that. If anything, it's going to come from this draft. I don't even think they're going to really try to go after someone like a um, Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr, who's a level above a Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold type. Right. But is he top 10, get you to the next level type? If, you're, if he's not that, then you might as well go find a rookie on a rookie deal that you can kind of mold to what you want him to be. My right. thing is, I just, I don't, I'm personally, I don't know if that guy's in this draft. Now they might have a different view of it in Charlotte and they might have a guy they're targeting. And there's a guy or two that I'm looking at, like, okay, I'd be fine with. I just don't want to trade up. And I think that's what they're planning on doing to get to one of these quarterbacks. And I just don't feel like uh, the quarterbacks in this draft are, are warranting moving up four or five picks for one of them. Um, but his offenses have been fairly good. Uh, Pretty free flowing. He doesn't abandon the run. He's had thousand yard rushers in Indy. Um, so I would expect, and they did today. They just announced that they are keeping, they're retaining the services of James Campion, the offensive line coach, mm. and uh, Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator. So those are going to come we over. We know Chris Tabor. <laughs> oh, so yeah. they're they're staying, which I like because I think a lot of the, the pushback I was getting last week when I was like, "Hey, I'm okay with this." People were saying, oh, well, they're going to have to start fresh. They're going to start all over. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't think they necessarily think that way over there. They've already built the foundation. They just need somebody to finish the house. So keeping those guys will help a lot uh, with the transition right, uh, right coming over. Has he filled out any other staff positions, defensive coordinator or, or anything like that? Is, he, is there any rumors at least? Uh, as, of, as of me sitting here, <laughs> no, but... Uh, I know Vic Fangio was high on his list for defensive coordinator and I woke up this morning and he was going to Miami as I sit down now, now I'm seeing that deal has not been finalized. So something's going on, uh, in terms of, yeah, I don't know if he's had a change of heart or Panthers threw out some more money or whatever it might be. Something's going on regarding that. Although I've been hearing the Panthers are really high on the jets, uh, secondary coach, uh, Marshawn. I think I say Mar Marcus Marchand or something like that. I think he interviewed actually last week before they even hired Reich. So their 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 game plan is completely different from when they hired Matt Rule. They gave basically complete control to Matt Rule and the roster personnel, everything. Uh, apparently, David Tepper learned his lesson from that, and it feels more like Scott Fitter, the general manager, is controlling this more than anybody else because they were already interviewing coordinators before they even hired Frank Reich. So. And they're not giving Frank Wright free reign to bring in exactly who he wants, even though one of the reasons why they hired him is that he came in with an extensive list of people he'd already spoke to about the job. Like he already had people lined up to get ready to work immediately. And that, that impressed the Panthers brass to, you know, look at him a little differently than everybody else. But um, that's as far as I've heard so far. It is the, the, the defensive side. Uh, I'm not sure about the offensive side. I haven't heard anybody really yet. Although I would, I would, expect they're not going to retain Ben McAdoo. Um, hell, Frank might actually be the OC. He might actually call plays. So we'll, we'll hopefully learn about that. He's actually scheduled to speak Tuesday uh, for his first official press conference. So hopefully some of these questions will get answered there. Nice. We're talking to Desmond Johnson of the Believe in Panthers uh, podcast. You can find him on the Twitter machine at Des underscore 3505. And also he's the owner of the Tobacco Road Sports Radio dot com. Uh, Desmond, we really appreciate you being being on tonight, and, and so you got the quarterbacks, and and that's really what uh, the, the the reason we got the Panthers in our sights is are the are the Panthers a potential trade partner for the Chicago Bears going from one to nine or from nine to four if, if the Bears uh, were able to trade back to uh, with the Colts 
And, and so I've heard you lay out that maybe you don't think that this draft class has the quarterback that's uh, that's worthy of, of the Panthers trading up. So if uh, the, the general manager was Desmond Johnson and not Scott Fitterer, what are you going to do with the, with the number nine overall pick to uh, help your man Frank Reich, uh, help your man Frank Reich jumpstart his, uh, his tenure? Well, I'm definitely not trading the one. So if he comes in my office and asks, hey, can we get the number one pick? I'm like, get out of my office. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking? I'm not giving up two firsts for anybody in this draft. I don't care who it is. Um, I could see them maybe moving up to like, me and Skyler were talking about this because he's he's in the same boat as I am where he's he's even more adamant that there is not a quarterback in this draft worth trading up for. But if we had to trade up, I think five would be the highest we would go. And that'd probably take a first. Uh it probably it would well it would take our ninth and it probably take a couple of seconds or something to move up just four spots, and even that just feels just wrong. <laughs> like I can't. There's nobody in this draft that I want to do that for. Like there's no Cam Newton. There's no Andrew Luck. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no there's no guy that's like a consensus. He's the number one pick. You know what I mean? Like in this in this draft, there's just not a guy like that. So if there's not a guy like that, I feel like trading up that far to one is reckless. It just means you've fallen in love with a player so much that you're willing to give away the farm for this one guy. And I don't think the Panthers are in a spot where they need to do that. I think there's some other quarterbacks that'll be further down in the top 10 middle round where I think they would fit in pretty well. They're more projects, but with Frank Wright being a quote unquote quarterback whisperer, that might be the kind of thing he wants. Um, I personally, if I was the general manager, I would sit tight at nine. I would take the, uh, what we watched the Patriots do last year or two years ago, where everyone was saying, oh, they should trade up for Mac Jones. They should trade for Mac Jones. They just stayed put and Mac Jones fell to them. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you kind of talk yourselves out of just like looking at the board and out of the the top two quarterbacks they have right now, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, I'd prefer to have Stroud. I think he would fit uh, Reich's offense better. But to be honest, I'm starting to get more intrigued with Florida's Anthony Richardson. Like, he's the one, because I don't think we'd have to move up for him. If anything, we might be picking too high at nine uh, for him. We might be able to trade down and get some picks. So, um, Richardson's pretty raw. But they said the same thing about Cam Newton when he came out. Like, I'm seeing the same comments about Anthony Richardson not going to be ready to play, can't play under center, uh, need some time. They said all that stuff about Cam, and then Cam came out and threw for 400 yards opening day so it's like if you got the right stuff around them it can work and the panthers honestly scott fitter said this i think a year or so ago they were trying to build a roster where they could get it to a point where they could get a quarterback and just parachute them in and they could go and they're kind of there now the defense is set young hungry most of them all in rookie deals uh the offensive line got revamped last year now i think it's a top 10 unit and they just kept uh, the man responsible james campion you got a running game uh, these are all things Frank Wright said in his interview, the reasons why he was attracted to the job, that these things are already here. Like, all he has to do is come in, fix the stuff that's broke, like the quarterback. And the NFC South is a dumpster fire, guys. <laughs> like, it's horrible. Like, does anyone know who the quarterback's going to be for the Saints next year? Or the Bucks, Or the Falcons? <laughs> like, literally, like, it's just, it's horrible. So, like, the Panthers literally could go right, like, next year and win the division outright. Yeah, they it's right. So do you think there's absolutely no chance the Panthers would trade up? So just uh, let's 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 revoke your GM title from you. Yeah. And let's just say, you know, the actual organization, because all the things you laid out. I mean, everything you laid out sounds great. 
But then if your missing piece is the quarterback, they might be willing to go for, you know, swing a bigger trade for a guy they really like and, and are not saying it. But I'm asking you if you personally believe that they could do something like that or you think there's probably no shot. I mean, the quarterbacks this year are better than the ones last year. I'll at least give that. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's a better class. It's not as deep. Uh, and at the top of it, I think Bryce Young's size is what scares me. Like, because they're listening, mm-hmm. they keep listening at six foot, but I could have swore he was like 5'10, 180 or something like that. So yeah. it kind of reminds me of like Kyler Murray size. And mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of, of quarterbacks that size. Uh, Stroud's not that much bigger than him. So, I mean, I just, it, it really depends on if the Panthers. Actually, I tell you, it really depends on if Scott Fitterer and Frank Wright collectively fall in love with a quarterback because it, it can't be one of them. If one of them falls in love with him, the other one doesn't, it's not going to work the way they've got this situated. Both of them have to fall in love with a guy for them to move up together. And I just don't see that guy in this draft. I, I don't know who it would be. Now, they might not do it for a quarterback. Like, say the board starts to move around and all of a sudden Will Anderson is still sitting there at five. I could see him move up and go get Will Anderson and – continue to build this defense um i'm a firm believer in i'd rather have an elite defense than an elite quarterback any day of the week an elite defense will get you through january an elite quarterback will get you as far as his body will take you know uh, we just watched it the other day san francisco ran out of quarterbacks <laughs> you know like they literally <laughs> ran out of quarterbacks in front of us on live tv and the eagles defense let them know that that's an elite defense you know I, i'd rather have that so if i got to move up for somebody and even Will Anderson, I don't even know if I'd move up for him. I, I would kind of wait to see if he would drop. I, I would take best player available, but it would take Fitter and uh, uh, it, w- it would take them both. It would take them both to, to do this, Reich and Fitter, to be like, okay, we both like Stroud. What are we willing to give up for him? Then they can go to that conversation. But I don't think they're there. I don't think they're going to be there, to be honest. I, I just don't expect the Panthers to trade up for a lot of picks. Yeah, that's that's good information. I mean, moving up from nine to one, I, it would be a it, probably a minimum of three three first round picks plus some. But uh, you know, the first name that comes to my mind in this draft when I think of Frank Reich is automatically it's Will Levis, and I know you might hate that, but he has probably <laughs> the most he, he has the most Carson Wentz in him. He's a yeah. typical you know gigantic white quarterback with a huge arm, yeah. and he runs like a, he's like sneaky fast. And he, he's like Josh Allen and Wentz coming out of college, like super just like the traits are there, but they haven't put it all together. And I mean, Wentz was he went to North Dakota State, so he was playing inferior competition. But, right. you know, Josh Allen, you know, he had his issues in college, but you're like, OK, this dude has a humongous arm. Like if we can just harness this in. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. But obviously he's very polarizing i mean he went from people saying oh this guy's terrible to now he might be the first quarterback taken so uh we'll see what happens there um but this is a great info i'm gonna kick it over to chris uh we have about a a few more minutes here of desmond before he's got to run yeah i I was gonna say the same thing lucas is uh will levis and he's gonna seemingly get steam you know throughout this draft process you always see these guys come out and it's you know there's a little bit of intrigue about him and then the the train just starts building steam and building steam and the next thing you know you're on you have zach wilson on your hands so uh 
I don't know enough about Will Levis. Uh, we're we're kind of happy with with our quarterback situation. Uh, kind of curious to get your take on that. Actually, Desmond, uh, the Panthers had their chance at Justin Fields and and, and opted to take J.C. Horn uh, instead uh, a few years ago. What a what what's your kind of take on? On that decision, and and would you, you know, if you had your DeLorean and, and could go back in time, take take Justin Fields in that spot? I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I mean, it's that was a Matt Rule decision. Um, a lot of things Matt Rule did here in the past. Matt Rule is the worst, the worst head coach in the history of the franchise, like bar none like he literally it's almost like he was trying to be the worst <laughs> like he was aiming for it and he got there and he didn't want to let go of that pole position um he decided they didn't need that quarterback because they had they were trying to trade for baker mayfield and they thought baker would solve their problems or whatnot and he didn't um in in hindsight if we had traded if we had got justin fields i don't know if the country would look at justin fields the same today because he would have been used in matt rule's system so I don't know if he would have been properly used. Kind of the same way when they brought Cam Newton back last year. Uh, the highlight of the year last year, sadly, was Cam Newton coming back to Bank of America Stadium and him coming out the tunnel, the smoke and everything else, and then promptly watching Matt Rule not know how to use Cam Newton. <laughs> like literally, like he'd never seen him play football before and he didn't know what to do with him. And it got to a point where he just wasn't even playing him. And it was like, why'd you bring him back? You know, I feel like they would have did that with Justin Fields. It would only have worked if Matt Rule wasn't here. Like, if it was a different coach when they drafted it at the time, it would have worked. Um, but it's hard to say because you have to almost think of it in terms of, well, who was here when we did that? And if they drafted Justin Fields, would it have changed Matt Rule's philosophy on, like, life? Probably not. <laughs> so it probably would have messed – it honestly probably would have messed up Justin Fields' career if he came here during that stretch. So uh, those young quarterbacks probably dodged a bullet not coming to Carolina during the, uh, the reign of rule. Yeah. Jay's muted. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> How about that? There well, Des well, Desmond, it's been so much fun having you tonight. We really appreciate you giving us your time to the Believe in Monsters podcast. Uh, make sure you guys go listen to the Believe in Panthers podcast. You can follow Desmond at Des underscore 3505 and follow follow his passion project. His, I mean, follow, follow the Tobacco Road Sports sports radio as as that's, that's growing in north carolina uh we really appreciate your time tonight desmond and uh hopefully both our franchises are on our way up i th i do think that there'll be some talk between the bears front office and the panthers front office uh over the next couple of months i honestly i think the bears are going to trade down a couple of times i think that'll end up being what happens so if, if they do that then yeah i could see the panthers moving from five to, you know from nine to five but not from nine to one. <laughs> There's someone else out there that's going to do that. I just, I hope it's not my Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Desmond. We appreciate you, boss. All right. Yeah, thanks you guys. Have a good one. Thank you so have much. Have a great night. What do you uh, think, Luke, about the Bears on Hard Knocks? Do you want to watch the Bears next year on Hard Knocks? Yes, I would absolutely love it. I mean, uh. I just why I'm just a football junkie, man. I just love it. And to see my team on that show, like it, I will. I also want to think that the bears aren't going to be as disastrous as some of these other teams that go on there. Just because I think Eberflus's leadership style will, will make it more organized and such, but uh, 
I don't know. I just like I eat that stuff. It's like 1920 football drive. Like I just wa love watching the videos at training camp. Like gets you fired up. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of storylines too with all the new players. Justin Fields year three, Eberflus is second year. Ryan Poles. I mean, you'll, you'll get to learn a lot about these guys that you don't don't get to see normally. And they normally the, have Alice Hall on lockdown. So, well, I was just gonna ask like how the process works because the PR team probably doesn't want it. You uh, know? I guess the NFL has a contract with it's on HBO, right? Yeah, right, it's on HBO, and the criteria are weird. You have to like miss the playoffs so many years in a row, and <clears throat> right, not, you have to not be, like be a on bottom. a first year coach. Yeah, you know, you can't be on a first year coach. I know that there's several there's several uh criteria for them. Uh but but really what you remember the year that uh they were at the Raiders. Es essentially each of the, the team gets a lot of say in creative control. Uh it it basically gets cut up the night before it goes on and gets you, you remember the year with the Raiders, it was just like a whole big PR thing. And like I don't want it because Every year that I've watched the Hard Knocks, it's just like this fucking team is gonna suck because you can just you can see right through all the coaching bullshit, especially uh, and maybe it's just like the presentation of it, but I don't want our I don't want our team to be the focus of social media once a week, just being like, oh look, Matt Eberflus, he doesn't know what he's doing or whatever the case may be, or who, whoever we draft uh, with the, with the number four. Oh look, Jalen Carter, all he's doing is eating cheeseburgers or some some shit like that. Like I, I, I don't I don't I don't I don't know I don't want the focus. <laughs> last year with the, with, with the Lions, it was damn Dan Dan Campbell. <laughs> Like dusting off the dirt, he's like, "Oh, we're this close, guys. We're this close. We just gotta dust the dirt off of, of, of our pants to get the, to win." And like they made the whole Aiden. They did, man. They, they dusted it off and they beat the Packers. They did, but what it was too late. It didn't matter. Like, good job. You went nine and set, nine and eight, buddy. <laughs> like you missed the playoffs. Hey, it, if, if we went on hard knocks and went nine and eight, I'd be happy. I'd be happy if we went nine and eight and didn't go. Yeah, what is get, what is Joe talking about? I don't want to go nine and eight. Nine and eight is shitty. Mm, I either you're right. Your three and fourteen is much better. It is because at least you're doing something. You're taking. <laughs> if we go three and fourteen again, man, I'm just gonna not be a Bears fan anymore. No, then if you go three and fourteen again, you 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 dump Justin Fields' ass to the curb. You take everybody and you say, Matt Eberflus, you're gone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only four teams. I want to either be here. I either want to be really good or I want to suck. None of this middle shit. Eight and eight, nine and nine, nine and eight, eight and seven. There's got to be a progression, though. You know, it's not like we're going to go from three and 14 to 14 and three. Do you want to hear worst, the criteria for this? to first. Yes, go ahead. <sighs> To qualify for the next edition of Hard Knocks, an NFL team must not have made the postseason for two straight seasons. They must have Check a coach who's in his second year on the job at least, and Check they haven't that. and they haven't participated in the program in a decade. Oh, so there's yeah. four teams: the Bears, the Saints, the Commanders, and the Jets. Why do I feel like the Jets are always on there? How have they not done this in the past ten years? Give it to the Commanders. Let's watch that. The, the, the Commanders are a perfect oh. team for, for Hard Knocks because you know that they're going to suck. They're going to be. They're going to be seven and nine, nine and seven, and they're going to. I don't think that. And they're going to be like Washington's good. team. Could you imagine how much 
Could you imagine how much viewership they get if the Bears were on this? Brian Robinson battled for another year after a gunshot last season. Look at him run, leading the commander's backfield for a second straight <laughs> year. In his rookie year, Robinson runs and through the drills. He is the, the I mean, it's just going to be that. That's going to be perfect. It's perfect. Terry McLaurin. He doesn't drive an F1. <laughs> I can hear the music playing too. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Do you want to be on the show? Taylor yeah, Heineke. Always trying to prove it. <laughs> so I don't think the commanders will do it only because of the whole ownership dilemma. Well, what if it's a what if they're trying to clean up their PR like Joe said, or did you say that with the Raiders? Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen before next year. Uh, The Jets are a good possibility just because of the media market. And who was the other one outside the Bears? The Saints. The Saints? Mm, What's the story? Who that? Yeah, I don't know. Who's the coach there? It's not not intriguing. After Katrina in 2011, the Saints have still been looking to rebuild. I I honestly think... it's gonna be us. Bear, and I'm gonna be pissed because it would be made fun of. The Bears have the best story, dude. They do. They they really do have the most intriguing storyline. We absolutely do. Yeah, at least I don't want to get brings. made fun of every week. We're gonna get made fun of every week, every anyway. I, I, listen, Joe. Nothing beats the clip of Eberflus on Hard Knock saying the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> More of that. He's going to explain the hits principle on there, and everybody's going to talk about how corny it is. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Poor Joe. So afraid of being made fun of. No, no. I, I just like... We're, we're used like, to this. <laughs> I think the Bears are such a misunderstood franchise from the outside looking in. Well, that's why you got to get... That's why you got to get inside to look out. <laughs> that's why you got to listen to the Believe in Monsters podcast. You can find out the real story for the Bears. Oh man! All right, but but well, if they're on it, well, that'll be that'll be great for us. Be great for the that'll, show. The Chicago, non- exactly. Nonstop. Content. The Chicago Bears. So let's let's the touch NFL on this. We didn't really talk about this last franchise. What do you guys think of this whole Cunningham not taking a GM GM job elsewhere? He it, knows we're going to win the Super Bowl. Was, supposedly, he was offered the Cardinals job and turned it down. Fuck the Cardinals job. My sources tell me that he wanted to stay in Chicago in order to grant us the two picks next year, and that's why he didn't take the firestorm or fire uh, uh, the dumpster fire dumpster fire in Arizona. That's and he didn't want to work for the Bidwells. Those guys fucking suck. I grew up in Arizona, dude. The Bidwells are garbage. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think. Um... GMs, unlike coaches, I mean, you're one and done normally. If you mess up, you know, your tenure as a GM and, you know, if you're sabotaged from the start by taking over a franchise like the Cardinals, uh, yeah, no, that that could kiss your career down the drain um, as a GM. So I think he's being very judicious about the right opportunity and where he wants to go. Why would you um, want to tie your your franchise your career to little Kyler Murray, Mister Call of Duty man? Well, that's another thing, man. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't want them barking down my ear to tell me what to do with him. I would probably just can him, get try and get rid of him. But 
if the ownership likes him, who knows? Then you're then you're into you know. Could you imagine? They draft Rosen middle of the first round. They suck. They immediately replace him the next year with Murray at the right. top of the draft. Well, and they, they basically let like the coach. Two, yeah, they let Kingsbury they, have like Kingsbury do what he wants. Right. And then within a few years, they freaking. <laughs> what a dumpster fire, dude! Arizona well, that's is so trash. I, that's what I mean, man. I mean, I I get why he maybe wouldn't want to hitch his wagon to that, and it just so happens that. You know, this is the biggest offseason that we've probably seen in our lifetime for the Bears. So, yay for us for keeping him one more year at least. Yeah. So he has to be with the Bears two full seasons for the for the for them to get draft picks. I mean, I don't know. I have any idea why he would be gone in the middle of the season? Or I'm just curious. No, what I that, think that means. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think he's pretty locked in. I don't know how he wouldn't get time accumulated this year. Right. Because um, all the GM jobs are filled now. So, right. Plus, I think him and Ryan Poles are really good friends, which will be interesting to see how they, they go to work this offseason. Like I said, we're just we're taking notes from good franchises, but hopefully our guys can put it together. Do you think that they can? Hmm. Last off season left some question marks. Sadly, maybe maybe this was the plan the whole the whole time. Maybe so. I think we'll be able to tell a lot more after after this season and off season yeah. on on what we got here. I mean, if if they somehow find a way to botch this off season, then I will have lost all faith in Ryan Poles to do anything productive. Fuck you, Ryan Poles. You're on the you're on the hot seat already. But no, let's be honest with you with ourselves. Hasn't everything that he's done been exactly for this? I mean, so he's 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 slashed all the big all, all the dead contracts. He's traded away all the all all the old guys. Like, yeah, he brought in some some question, some questionable talent last year. But the point of last year wasn't to win; it was to develop Justin Fields. Well. I got a C plus job on that, but we but but enough of a job to let us all feel like we got a guy right there. So you, you also ended up with a number one pick. Like next step, big guy, trade trade that number one pick for big assets. I, it, I, I know we all want to win, but like goodness gracious, three and fourteen last year, terrible. Like the team probably wasn't going to do better than seven and seven and nine, it, 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 even with the, all the assets if you'd have kept them all. Or with better signings from the wide receiver position, or with better wide uh, offensive line drafting, like all these things that would have only marginally improved the team. So every, everything he's done, everything he's done is for is for this right here, Luke. And and, and so, in in my opinion, from that perspective, it's almost like it's been a perfect. It's almost like it's been a perfect almost eleven months. I don't know if perfect is the way I would describe it, but I would say definitely fell on the Bears. He heightened the Bears' chances for this to fall in their favor this way, for sure. Um, now, people might disagree with the, uh, you know, the in-between and the process of, of you know, possibly Fields developing bad habits or, or getting killed behind, you know, subpar offensive line play and, and lack of weapons. But 
Uh, you're right, Joe. It, it very well could have been part of his plan to say we're going to test this guy, and you know if he can get through this and show us something, he passes the test. Um, you know, I sure hope that's what they were looking for, something just not put him out there uh, for absolutely no reason. But this is the result we have now. You know, number one pick. Uh, now $98 million in cap space down from 120 with uh, all the, I guess, incentives contracts got filled out. So, you know, the Bears cut a fat check to guys like Riley Reef, who hit his playing time bonus. He got like five or six million for that. Um, and then just a bunch of futures contracts. So the Bears have $98 million going into this offseason. It's a lot of um, money, Elberry 40. And they, and they have to put up $150 uh in first year cash spending to to meet the minimum threshold laid out in the cba so chris what's your take on on that little disco that little those two sides of that coin what's that how much money they have to spend and no just like it if Oles has been I mean, I, I, it's pretty hot takey to say he's been perfect to this point so like that's that, that i mean I, that may be too far but like his plan to this point, does it give you confidence? I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, it could be that he, you know, tempered his additions in order to make them just bad enough to get rid of as much money as possible to load up for this year. Uh, but at the same time, he could have probably added some more talent for less money than than he did but i mean it's not like he just sat on his hands i mean riley reef played okay last year mm -hmm. uh you know the claypool trade is going to be a big indicator of how this went this first year uh depending on how that goes to me that's my one big year. wild card god that's my one big wild card uh, to me it's like uh, ooh. Honestly, Chris, I think that's kind of a, a perfect analogy. I mean, that's like the epitome of this whole thing is like, <laughs> close your eyes and pray that this works. You know, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do something crazy. We're gonna do something absolutely crazy, and and if it pans out, I'll look like a genius, and if not, uh, I'll look like a, a bumbling idiot. You know, we're gonna throw out a second round pick for Chase Claypool, and if, he, if he's a one K receiver next year, we win. What's the lowest yeah. you take on it? What's the lowest yardage output you take to make, to call that a win? 800. Oh, gosh, yeah, probably so for me. I was going to say 850. It's not that much to ask in 17 games. No, yeah, I was going to say 850. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really depends on what you're asking out of him and depending on what you add this offseason. If you're asking him to be a one, Oh, you're asking him to be a two, and you're asking Mooney to be a two, a two B, and you're finding a Jack Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison, and, and, and you know you're, you're finding you're finding some help out there. Mm. And, and plus, you've got Travis Kelsey already in Cole Komet, so we're set. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Will you stop that, Joe? No, oh, I fucking you're love Cole Komet. Bad. I'm just messing with you. No, I'm just mad. I'm just trying to play the character for the fight. I love Cole Komet. His game is exactly his his game is perfect. Chicago Bear tight end, nice and athletic, but not super athletic. You know, he's gonna he's gonna make some catches. 
what do we what do we say? Six six sixty catches, six hundred yards, six touchdowns. He's, great. He's athletic enough. Or, exactly, exactly. Isn't that, isn't that the description for like almost any tight end? It, it, Kyle, he's, he's, he's Kyle Rudolph is a great comparison. It's a great comparison. Now, if we could get him to be more like Kelsey, that'd be a pipe dream. But Kyle Rudolph, pretty damn good. Well, that's why they're going to take Michael Mayer at number four. Perfect. Great. Awesome. <laughs> we should model our offense after the Georgia Bulldog offense. Well, we should wait for your boy everywhere. then. We should wait for your guy to come out. Oh my god! We should, if Brock Bowers, we should... if, if if Brock Bowers and Justin Fields got on the same offense, I, I would fucking oh my god! I would be I would be so high all the time. Can we pick up Stetson Bennett? The guy's no. Good. Yeah, if you bail him out, you can have him. Gotta get him out. Of, gotta get him out of jail. You gotta get him out of jail first. Forty-five years it's... old doesn't know how to drink in public. Could you imagine the Bears drafting Stenson Bennett and you'd be older than Fields to back I will him up? Not, I, that's that's the one thing that that's the one thing they can do in this draft that will make me turn in my fan card. <laughs> draft Stenson Bennett? Fuck that! If they draft Stenson Bennett, <laughs> I'll send you all my Bears gear. Stenson oh, Bennett's the next Brock Purdy, dude. Oh my god! That's what no. I said. I said that shit in chat weeks ago. <laughs> or probably the day, probably the, not the, not weeks ago, but the day he got arrested. But if you can give me fucking Brock Bowers, could, could we take Brock Bowers with the number one overall pick right now? Like just just like reserve him for next uh, year. Next, yeah. next year's draft is too exactly. loaded for Brock for Brock Bowers to be there. Um. Well, while we're speaking of the draft, there's been some interesting draft talk coming out. Uh, Kuiper released his first mock draft. McShay, they have a podcast. They were talking. Um, some really interesting takes. I mean, I'm Todd, pretty Todd, sure Mel, Todd, Ku- Mel Kuiper had Jackson Smith uh, Jigba ranked as his number two wide receiver, I'm pretty sure. And other people had him like five or six on the board. So there's, this year's draft, I feel like, is really like there's no consensus at all for anything. Like people are all, all over the board on these guys. At least from what I've seen so far. Absolutely. Um, but in their first mock, I mean, they, they had the Bears taking Jalen Carter, and they they were saying that they mostly every mock I've seen with like quote unquote ESPN analysts or whatever have been saying, you know, the Bears are going to try and trade out of that pick, and that's what they should do. So it's actually good to see some kind of consensus on there. I don't really think any of these guys think that you know they would possibly take a quarterback over field. So. I'm glad that's not really a topic of discussion this offseason. We saw some clone-headed fans. <laughs> and Warren Sapp. Well, it's actually funny that Jalen Carter and Warren Sapp went to the same high school. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Mm. But no, Warren, Warren Sapp pulled, put that out there last week that the Bears were trying to trade Justin Fields to draft Bryce Young at number one. It's like... Paul Fennebaum was a source... Oh my gosh, Paul Feinbaum, whatever his name is, Paul idiot is what he is. <laughs> He's an idiot. No, who was the guy that was the XGM for the uh, the Jets? Mike Tannenbaum. 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 I I combined them. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, T- Paul Tannenbaum. <clears throat> Mike Feinbaum. Yeah, that was his source though. 
Well, well, well. There's a reason that Mike Tannenbaum is a fire general manager. He gets on the fucking ESPN all the time and pops off all these general manager takes that are so stupid. And every time he does, I'm like, yeah. There's a reason you fucked up the Jets and you fucked up the Dolphins and you're not and you're not on, you're not on the, like anybody's payroll anymore. Uh, he's on ESPN's payroll. No, well, but seriously, I mean, after after watching these games this weekend, I mean, how can you not want the Bears to go out and get? a Deron Payne and then also draft <gasps> Jalen Carter. Like I am all at this point, at this point, I am all in on them getting not one, but two defensive linemen with, Give me some with high, high value, high money. I mean, Chris, what do you think about that strategy? Do you think they should spread it out or do you think they should say F it? We're going to get us Jalen Carter and a, and Hargrave or Payne or one of those guys. Oh yeah. No, all in get that middle. Do you think they would do that? Wrecked. Do you think they would do that? I think they might, considering how much money they try to pay Ogan Joby. Yes. They know that he is his most important position. But what if you have guys that can play it very well? I don't know. I think if they sign Payne, Anderson becomes a very strong possibility. Do you think they, they would be less inclined to trade back then, though? No, or, or, or maybe they would just try and do well, a smaller deal to stay at two, possibly. Maybe, maybe I could see that. Like, oh, we got we got our Duran Payne. Let's go back to two and get whatever a second and a third or whatever, and get Anderson here. I mean, trading back with the Texans is just like a free pick. I mean, they're right. not gonna not trade up for someone else besides a QB, so. But then you're also hindering what you could possibly get by thinking like that. I mean, I wouldn't let. I wouldn't. I. I. You know. So like they sign Payne, they like Anderson, but they trade back to four. I wouldn't be heartbroken if if I was them and it ended up with 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 uh, with Carter and Payne. I mean, I think they're still fine. To, they're both game wreckers, you know, and they're up the middle. And That's what I'm saying, if you get you know, two guys Car- like that, <clears throat> Carter's not just a three tech; he's a m- massive human being. He can easily slide to four or a one or whatever you want to call it. So, I wouldn't think that would stop them, but I would think I could see them wanting to have essentially like we had with 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 Hicks and, and Mac where you had Mac on the outside and Hicks at the three tech. It is it is interesting what I what I've been hearing from I mean I know Kuiper and McShay are they are who they are, you know, they work for ESPN. It's not like these guys are, you know, the you know the the I mean they kind of are like the cream of the crop draft experts, but as for their football knowledge, I trust other guys like Dane Brugler more. But um Kuiper and McShay are talking about Anderson. They're like, yeah, we don't think this guy is, you know, a 15 to 17 sack type guy. We think he's like an eight to nine sack type guy. And is that a, is that a person you take top three overall? I mean, Joe, you cover the, the tide. How do you feel about that assessment? They did, they did say, you know, his pressure rate though is just so insane at college that they don't really see him not being a good pro they just don't think he's like a bosa level pick where he's going to come in and 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 put up immediate double digit sacks 
I agree with that. I agree. I think he's going to take a couple of years to develop at the professional level to get to that double-digit sack type, 13, 14, 15 sack type range. Uh, now, now they're right. His pressure rate is uh, absolutely insane, and he plays good against the run too. So, like, he's a good fundamental edge player. Um, so he's going to give you. Like it, it, part of the reason why I don't why I don't really want it for the Bears is I think the, our our fan base is going to have way too high expectations for him and he's going to be that developmental piece. But like when you smile fundamentally well, he plays hard all the time. But I think it's just gonna there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve and a little bit of a, a physicality gap that he's going to have to close. Just put a little muscle on him. Not, not nothing that he can't do, but it might take him about two two years before he starts giving you that 13, 14 sack range. Uh, but, but, but I mean, I like him. I, I, I still would rather go with Carter because of the interior pressure. I think interior pressure disrupts offenses so much more. If you, you, you get it right up the middle on a quarterback, you get it right up the middle on run running plays. Um, and so, so to your earlier scenario, I would totally go and sign Payne, trade back, and still take Carter because uh, you, you you double up in the middle and you add depth to that defensive front. Um, I, I think that's where you really can begin to turn around this defense. And as we talked about with Raul last week, the defense it, absolutely, especially uh, up front, needs a lot of help. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I definitely think it's more rare, too, to find really good defensive tackle help, like, later in the draft. Sure, like, sure. I feel like most of these guys that are studs are drafted normally pretty high. I mean, taking D-tackle, you know, top five, I think, is is pretty risky because I feel like, you know, a lot of these guys don't pan out to what you think they'll be because you think they're just going to absolutely dominate. But, um, I mean, I would say most of the really good D-tackles in the league were drafted fairly high. So, um, it'll be interesting. I mean... What Chris brought up earlier is going to be, are they going to try and spread out their assets? Or are they just going to say, we're just going to take, like, we're just going to take the best player and we're just going to make this D-line incredible right away and then go from there? I think that's a great way to be. To be. I mean, you look at the commanders and you look at the commanders and, and, and they're like a perennial edge fringe playoff team with really suspect quarterback play because their defensive front is so dang nasty. Yeah. Chris, what are you pondering over there? He's sick. He's 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 out of gas. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh Chris, we, we love you, man. Yeah, yeah. I uh this is like this is gonna be such a long off season. Like I mean, I can't believe like football is pretty much coming to a close in a couple weeks. Um and then we got like a month and a half of nothing. Combine. Senior Bowl Combine. this Saturday. That's <laughs> true. Combine, Senior Bowl. I don't go to those things. I don't watch those things. I don't know who these kids are. So Senior Bowl be cool. We're going to have a Senior Bowl guest here soon in a few weeks. All right. Joe, are you going to go to the Senior Bowl to represent for the, for the, for the squad? I, I am not. I, I'm going to be calling on some of my friends who are going to be down there. Um we can uh we Luke, we can talk about uh, more senior bowl guests if you'd like. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. How uh, how far away are you from from mobile? Mobile, mobile. is five mobile. hours mobile. away, right? Four, four to five hours away. It's a decent hike. Yeah, not terrible. Can it's anyone just go to that? You need to be credentialed, right? 
You gotta apply for credentials, but they're not incredibly difficult to get. Yeah, but everybody goes to that bar afterwards, that dive bar, so I think you could just show up there and be fine. Well, yeah, you meet, meet a lot of people there. That it's it's a huge meet and greet place. I would just go there to take someone's credentials. <laughs> <laughs> like get them drunk and just take their credentials. Yeah, and show up the next you gotta, day to practice. You gotta gonna, find I would somebody show up and take Luke, like brick wall. I would take I would take Luke Getzey's credentials. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> the calling offensive plays. <laughs> Spider two wide banana. Man, which one of you offensive linemen want to block for Justin Fields? Yeah, do you think that's what he's saying down there? No. I mean, he's, hopefully he's it probably, is. He's probably coaching Will Levis right now. Oh, Levis isn't going to that. Never mind. Fuck Will Levis. He's going to suck in the league. I feel like anytime Joe gets all puffy about somebody, they're like way better than they than they're supposed to drill that on. Who's the last one? Pickens. No, Pickens, I, I told you about the character issues. Remember, remember how high you were on Will Anderson like last year? That's, year that's probably that's and then the other one for me is Najee. He was so like Najee is the Jesus and Najee was oh, terrible you, this year. You, he you was were high on this year. He was you were high on Bryce Young too. You were very high on Bryce Young. I'm That's true. I'm still high on Bryce. I'm still high on Bryce. And I don't know, Najee... man, You do waver a lot on these Bama guys. Like the year before they come out, there they are the Jesus, and then as soon as they're out, they're, you're like, ah, they're all right. No, no, Najee is still the goat. Najee had a great year. That Steelers offensive line was dog shit. Without Najee, oh my gosh, that that team almost made the playoffs. <laughs> so you're yeah, you're nervous. Because of, cause of George Pickens, dude. Kenny Pickett. So Joe, Joe is nervous for Will Anderson because he doesn't want Bears fans to be too harsh on him. <laughs> they're, they're assholes. Wait a minute, why didn't he get three sacks in the first week? Waste of a pick. Well, you're going to have to take the heat there, my friend. That's your boy. You're right. You're right. You're linked with him. And, and just because you said that, we're going to draft him now. He's going to be a DN, too. If I'm 90% sure there's a podcast last year where Joe said tank for Will Anderson. There probably was. Uh, and if dude, you take dude, him, he was... here's what I promise you here. Uh, right, here, right here and now. You can think about it over the next uh, 12 weeks or whatever. If we draft Will Anderson, I will purchase a Will Anderson jersey and I will purchase each one of you a Will Anderson jersey of your choice. But he must be drafted by our Chicago Bears. All right, that's a deal. Well, I absolutely, I mean, but 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 I mean, that, I'm telling you, like, I, if he that's me trying to put on that I would be happy if we drafted him, like, I'm also would be nervous, I would also be anxious, there would be some pretension, there would be some apprehension. I'm almost positive you you compared him to Bruce Smith. He's, I mean, two Joe, Joe put out some year, crazy proclamations. His his, year, so, his sophomore year was incredible. <laughs> well, he was getting compared to Derek Thomas here at Alabama. That's more in line than Bruce. Like Bruce Smith is like a well, he's Derek, a tank, Derek, dude. Derek, like Derek Thomas would have been if he hadn't died early. Uh, yeah, but Derek Thomas is more of like an outside linebacker, that long, lanky Ben guy. Bruce Smith will run your ass over. Yeah, he can dip a little bit, but man, no, he's, he's like Reggie White. 
a lot of his comparisons are are, are to Derek Thomas, and, and yeah, I think that he'd be a great player in the pros. I just uh, I just I want Derek the best Thomas. for him. I just want the oh. best for him. Uh, uh, Derek Thomas is one if, of my favorite players ever. If the Bears draft him at you know one, three, four, whatever the case may be, and he doesn't have. 10 sacks in his rookie year, people are going to be all, oh, he's a bust, and like, no, he's not. Give him some time. Be patient. Yeah, but see, like, that's the thing, is like, Carter, it wouldn't matter if Carter had 10 sacks his first year. He's just going to clog that middle. Right. He might have five sacks just being a beast, you know, and right. people will be happy with that. I agree. I, see, I, for all the people that quote-unquote complain about his motor or whatever, I feel like Eberflus is definitely the guy I would want coaching him to get the most out of him more often, if that's the main issue. Okay. Uh, I don't really got anything else. I mean, we got our Panthers host. Uh, we had we had our Panthers interview. Um, that went well, and uh, I'm all good for the night. How about you guys? Yeah, it was great. I know Chris is feeling feeling down. We we can't. Well, Chris, we hope you have a good strong week. Next week we'll do uh, Super Bowl predictions. You guys stick around. We're gonna we're gonna be joined by Desmond Johnson of the Believe in Panthers podcast. He uh, joined us to talk about the Panthers possibly trading from number nine up or down and what they might be doing. So uh, stick around to hear that interview with Desmond Johnson. Luke, thank you so much for uh, for setting that up tonight, and thanks for you know everything you both do for the podcast. Chris playing hurt. Next week he'll be a hundred percent. God willing, let's go. <laughs> Down Chicago Bears, make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears, put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. You'll never forget the way we filled the nation with your teeth formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and don't forget why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.